2: all right welcome in to the arrowhead attic podcast thursday edition Sorry about the false start for those of you who are waiting to watch the show live. My internet decided to go straight into the toilet, much like the Chicago Bears, right before we went live. So had to do a restart, but we're back. Uh, and I'm here and joined by my good pal from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verteram.
3: Verteram, how's your week going, sir? It's going well. Uh, it, it's it's not going to go well tonight when I'm covering the Commanders-Bears game. Yeah. I, might, I might actually tell us either got to pay me double for that game. That <laughs> game is going to break my will to live. It's a tough scene. Otherwise, the week has been good. Uh, the old man's still out here. We're going to Arrowhead uh, next Thursday. So looking forward to that. Hoping it doesn't rain, which apparently is in the forecast. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, good. How, how are you, other than your, your internet being dial up at this point?
2: Yeah, it was just it just took a dive on me. Don't know what happened. Uh, we aborted at the, at the last second. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Going to uh, my wife's theater company's show tonight. So I'm going to take off uh, right after this podcast. Excited to see that. It's called Blues for an Alabama Sky, if you're in Chicago. It's open for uh, a couple more weeks at the Remy Bumbo Theater Company. Be sure to check that out. But uh, speaking of pain, I thought we should just look at the injury report real quick here, Vertram. Um, Thursday injury report came out. Not too much uh, pain here for the Chiefs. Nick Bolton's back, but he's still limited. But yeah. that's a good sign. Um, everybody else was a full participant except for Wanya Morris, who wasn't on the injury report Wednesday was limited on thursday
3: um do you think he'll be active this week yeah i do i i would say that it's very likely watson's playing since he practiced like and it is pretty good chance bolton's playing i mean usually if you practice on wednesday unless you go backwards usually you play yeah so i would i would expect that he would play yeah i think you know the the only the only pause i have is that they play four days later and it's a divisional game and so maybe if it's like iffy they go well one more week but I, the fact that he practiced Wednesday would lead me to believe that it's, it's more likely than not that he'll play.
2: Yeah, and I think the Chiefs have been pretty cautious with him. So they're probably just easing him back in to make sure he doesn't have any setbacks in practice. I um, wouldn't be surprised if he's full go tomorrow. And frankly, they're going to need him because when we'll get into this a little bit later, but the the Minnesota Vikings can move the football. So yes, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs need the leader of their defense back. And they have
3: it. to because they can't stop anybody.
2: <laughs> right, right. And we're going to get into all that in just a minute. But before we do, I got to let you know that DraftKings is running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet and instantly claim a $200 bonus bets. Uh, you'll be rewarded with separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in all you have to do is sign up with our code arrowhead using our code arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses but it also directly supports our podcast if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays this offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in a legal gambling state please remember to always gamble responsibly check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify and we appreciate it it really does support the show more more than you'll ever know. Okay, we got to get to the game. We got to talk about all that stuff further in, But I want to get into this wide receiver situation with you. Um, now I don't know if you've been on Twitter today, but I pretty much spent my entire evening yesterday going through every single pass of the Chiefs-Jet game multiple times because I wanted to see if the if the Chiefs receivers the, the 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 drumbeat on Twitter right now is the Chiefs receivers can't get open and we need to. Trade for Hollywood Brown. People are even saying trade for Chase Chase Claypool. Who that needs and, to stop? Yeah, they got to no, stop please, passing out drugs. Stop, stop. In the schools, okay. um,
3: Chase Claypool's not fixing your problem. I promise you.
2: Um, so, if you're interested to, to see what I saw, head over to my Twitter at rpatrickallen. It's a pinned tweet. It's it, God bless you if you make it to the end of it because I I broke Twitter. It wouldn't let me do any more. It's like sixty. I went through all of their. All of their passes, I screenshotted them. So you can see for yourself, right before Mahomes lets go of the ball, who's open, who's not open, and, and what coverage were they in? You know, was a guy running a route right into three guys who are in zone coverage? And you can say, oh, well, the, the receivers didn't get any stats. Well, what was he supposed to do? Fly over them. Um, so I've got a whole breakdown. I've got my my take on it, and I'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to hear from you, verteram Do you think that this is a little bit of hysteria? on the part of some of these people who think that the Chiefs receivers are all garbage all of a sudden because they're not putting up big stats.
3: I don't think they're garbage, but I don't think it's a stereo either. They they need to figure out the best combination, the best way to utilize some of these guys. I tweeted out I, I can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday. It was earlier this week. They need to they need to lean on Rasheed Rice more. Like I don't care that the kid drops a pass a game. I mean I care but like I I would rather live with that then have Sky Moore run 50 routes and not catch a pass. I, I don't need to see Sky Moore 50 snaps a game. I don't have to see it. I've seen enough of Sky Moore to know that at this point in his career that he's just a guy. And that's backed up by the fact that he started four games this year with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback and had he combined zero catches of them. I want to see Rice get more targets. I want to see Rice get more involved. I think MBS is the one of all of them I don't worry about. He's a veteran. You know what he's going to do. You know why he's there. He'll be fine. He'll have a couple hundred-yard games, and he'll bounce back, and no one will care. Kelsey will continue to ramp up his production. I'm not worried about Kelsey. I'm more worried about the rest of this group. I don't know what – like, Kadarius Tony was supposed to be this guy who was going to be a real big part of the offense. Oh, he's a breakout guy. You saw fantasy football people talk about it nonstop. Well, Canarius Tony is currently uh, looking at, let's see, he is one, two, three, four, five, six, eighth in receiving yardage on the Chiefs, four yards ahead, ahead of Jarek McKinnon, 33 behind Isaiah Pacheco. He has nine catches. He has no touchdowns. Blake Bell has a touchdown. So, not feeling great about that. The other guy that, look, I'm not in the building every day, so it's hard to kind of judge this, but I'll, I'll toss it out anyway. I'd like to see more of Justin Ross. Like, I know that he's young, and he's raw, and I I get all that. Try him. What do you have to lose? Because some of these guys, I just don't think have the athleticism that a Ross does. And so give him the opportunity. Now, if you don't think he knows the playbook well enough, all right, fine. I understand that. I respect that. But I think the Chiefs need to shake it up a little bit. I don't think it requires some massive influx of talent from the outside. But I do think that this is a group. They are leading the league in drop percentage. They're leading the league in drops, period. They, they are killing the offense with this stuff on a penalty. And by the way, despite all that, they're third in the league in offense. So I'm not really worried about the offense. They'll figure it out. But yeah, the receivers are a legitimate concern right now.
2: All right. I'll tell you what I saw. And, and, and look, I, I don't blame people for being concerned because the offense as a whole has been sluggish. I think, and, and again, I just went through the Jets game. I didn't go through every single snap of every single game and watch the receivers so far, but I went through every, at length, that Jets game was not on the wide receivers. That Jets game was on the offensive line and Patrick Mahomes. They were on. They were on a roll. They were going to crush the Jets. And then Patrick Mahomes threw two terrible interceptions, killed drive. Yeah. They got the safety, and it just sort of derailed everything. And the Jets got going on offense, so that took the ball out of Mahomes' hand for a little bit. And in the second half of that game, the Jets they dropped seven every single every single play of the first half, just about. In the second half, started mixing up a little bit, started playing a little more man. And, 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 you know, they would every once in a while, they would just drop uh, six guys instead of seven, but they were in umbrella shell coverage the entire time. And a lot of the routes, the wide receivers are running are designed. It looks like, obviously I don't know exactly what's going on, but you see them running, running guys open. They're running open, trying to get Travis Kelsey open, trying to get Noah Gray open, trying to open it up underneath because they can't, there's, they're they're so fl- they're playing so deep. The Jets were. Yep. People are like well, MVS. Like you know our good pal from this podcast, Adam Best. He said, "Well, you know MVS is just out there running wind sprints." Well, half the time he's running wind sprints and taking two two guys with him, right? And, and opening things up underneath, or he's blocking. Um, what I saw in this game was I saw uh, MVS did get open a couple of times, just didn't work out for a couple of different reasons. Justin Watson gets open uh, and does a nice job as well. You know he's much maligned in Kansas City. And Rice, those were the three that actually stood out in this game. Uh, Rice is, does a great job of finding holes in the zone coverage. Um, but a lot of times they're out there and they're, they're so scheme-specific and they're just rotating guys like crazy that I think that this expectation that there's going to be a Tyree Kill-like receiver on the Chiefs oh, again, god, no. you know, god, it's going to eat up all the targets, I think it's unreasonable. And I think in that Jets game, I, I think there's a few things going on here. The Jets are a really good defense. They were incredibly disciplined in that game. They stayed put. They did not bite on the Chiefs' eye candy and they showed a lot of it. When they did bite on the eye candy, that's when you got that Noah Gray touchdown. Um, which it was a fantastic design by by Andy Reid and and uh, and the team. Um, but I think at the at the end of the day here, you've got that first game with no Kelsey, where they were dropping everything under the sun, a game they should have won. So that started your narrative. Oh, these receivers, they're a problem, right? Then you go into the the second game of the season, they're just working Kelsey back in, sluggish performance again. Then they boat race the Chicago Bears. And then they go up against a good defense in the New York Jets. I'm not saying they're perfect, but what I am saying is it's not as bad as people think. And as this season goes on, I think you're going to see Rasheed Rice have a huge game. Maybe even Sky Moore. You're going to have your MVS game. And it's going to kind of go like that. They're going to find their groove. I do not think they need to trade for anybody. If they can't make it work with the guy, they've got a lot of talent. And I know a lot of people think that they don't. They've got a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. Everybody's all jacked up about it in the preseason. Now now, now they want to trade for Chase Claypool. Take a deep breath. If you watch this team over the last few years, they're going to be fine. If they can't figure it out with these guys, they can't figure it out
3: So let's run through a few good numbers and a few bad numbers, about the, the offense specifically. Yards per play, which a lot of people will tell you is the most important stat of, for an offense. The Chiefs are fourth in the league. They're tied with Buffalo. They're tied with Denver, believe it or not, 5.9 yards per play. Okay. Only teams that had from Miami, San Francisco, and the Minnesota Vikings. The Chiefs, just overall passing yardage, okay, not average rating. They are sixth in the league. Okay. They've thrown for 1,024 yards. In touchdown passes, they are tied for fifth. They have eight. Uh, they, if you look at net yards gained per pass attempt, and that can be a little wonky because like garbage time can skew that. Chiefs are eighth, which is fine. Um, if you want to talk about their rushing offense, they're third in the league running the ball yards per attempt. They're at 4.7. And in total rushing yards, they're ninth, which is huge for that team. They are typically not that close. They're fourth in the league in first downs by rushing. Uh, and if you look at first downs by passing, they're 11th, so they are just outside the top 10 there. Now, keep diving in a little bit, okay? So yards per completion, they're 11th, which is not great, but it's also not a disaster. Like They can improve upon that. Here's an interesting number. Sacks, they've given up two all year long, okay? They're easily the best there. Sack percentage, as you would guess, they're number one in that. 1.3% of the time, Mahomes is sacked. Um, they, they are in. Ver- you know, if you look at completion percentage, that's a spot they'd like to improve. They're twentieth. Okay, they'd like to get a little bit better there. But again, the reason I'm pointing these all out, you go well. Okay, then they've got to be great offensively, right? Well, they're third in the league in offense. Like they're third in the NFL in offense. Okay, which, which goes by yards, not points. Okay, goes by yards. Now, if you want to go by points, they're ninth. Point yards. They're third. Then you go down to a couple other numbers and then I'll, I'll shut up, but I think these are interesting. Third down percentage, they're third in the NFL, 49.1. They're just behind Dallas and Buffalo who are one and two. Okay. So right there. Fourth down percentage. If you care about that, they're eighth. They're their top 10. Red zone in the, the offense is 16th. They were, they were a top five red zone team before last week. They went for four. Okay. So we'll see if they can bounce back there. And then lastly, Drive average number and all this. If you're curious, by the way, is all on Pro Football Reference. I think it's a it's a great statistic uh, base to look at. They're seventh in the league in points per drive. They are seventh in time of possession per drive. They average the fifth most yards per drive. Um, they, in terms of drives that end in some kind of a score, they're eighth. All this is to say, you know what their problem is right now? They turn the ball over a lot. They're they're they the fourth most turnovers in football, only behind Minnesota, Cleveland, or only ahead of Minnesota, Cleveland, and, and the Raiders. And they have a right tackle who's taken ten penalties this year. Okay, the leader last year in total for the whole year was fourteen penalties. John Taylor's taking ten, and then lastly the drops. They are the worst team in the league in drops. So it's not as though my point of laying all that out is to say it's not like this offense is some wreck. It's not. It's not the juggernaut that we've seen in past years. But about 25-plus teams would gladly switch spots with the way the Chiefs have played to this point. Not what they usually are, not what they could be, what they've been. So I think sometimes you get a little bit like almost, well, what the hell? What's wrong with them? When in reality, yes, don't get me wrong. They clearly need to clean up some stuff. The turnovers, the penalties, the drops. But there's one commonality with those three problems. They are all self-inflicted. These are not things that you look at and go, that's unsolvable, that's unfixable. Which, by the way, in real time makes it more frustrating. But it's also soothing mentally in the sense this is stuff they can get right with. This It's not like you look at them and go, oh, they just can't fix it. They're a wreck up front. Well, they can't fix it. They don't have the quarterback. They can't fix it. They don't have the play call. They have all that stuff. They need to figure out the stuff that they can control that has been shooting them in the foot.
2: Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And that was all over the tape, which was there were far more times where I was watching them and I was like, Mahomes missed a guy here or, or you know, he just wasn't looking. He wasn't on that read. And then the, and then the protection broke down or he bailed or, you know, there was an offensive line issue or a penalty. There were all these things that happened along the way. And then there were game flow issues, too that where where they ran the ball twice and it just didn't work out and so they were in a third and long situation so when you go back and you look at these plays in their totality you'll often find that it's not just this one thing there was very few times I was like well this play didn't work because receivers couldn't get open that was that just wasn't the case there were instances of that but by and large not the case and there were very many times where there was a guy open and it just didn't work out or the jets made a play, you know, they're trying to win too. So I just would urge everybody take a deep breath. Like if this happened in the middle of the season and, and, and it was a little offensive lull and they had to grind out a couple ugly games, which happens every year, by the way, with them, nobody would be panicking like this, but I really do think that first game with all the drops and that second sluggish game with Kelsey, you know, just getting eased back in, then the Bears game, and now you look at the stats, and they say, "Well, look at these re- receiver stats." They took they took half the game off. <laughs> they say we're right. killing them.
3: Well, so, and, and, and look, the other part of it too. And you mentioned it. I was at the game. I covered it for Sports Illustrated. Listen, the first game was an absolute travesty. Okay, and when you have a four game sample size, it's going to color a lot of things. Yeah, I, I can tell you all from I I had the best seat in the house in terms of like I basically had an all twenty two view the entire game because the press box at Arrowhead is pretty much on the moon and. The first half or so of that game, they struggled to get open. And then they adjusted. And because Detroit played, frankly, almost the complete opposite way they played all last year. And I think it caught Chiefs by surprise. Credit to Aaron Glenn, their defense coordinator, did a great job. Second half of that game, the Chiefs made the adjustment and guys were wide open. Wide open. The problem is they dropped everything. Now, it's also fair to say, well, that's part of the damn problem. Like <laughs> you're a receiver, yeah. catch the ball. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think that's a fair criticism. Like, at some point, you need to catch And that's why I do say, I do think it is an issue in this sense. This week, and we're going to get into this game with the Vikings, Minnesota plays a lot of man because they blitz more than anybody in the NFL. Okay? They blitz. I mean, they'll blitz their mothers in this game if they can do it. And I know that some people say, well, can you blitz moms? I think they have to because it's the way they are. I I mean, maybe they'll they'll dial it down from the percentage that they're at, but they're still going to blitz him more than most teams will. This is not a team with good corners. This is not a team that should be able to run with the Chiefs. The Chiefs' speed should show up in this game. If they can't get open against Minnesota, then I think it's a whole other conversation. Like These next four weeks are going to be very instructive to me because you have Minnesota, Denver, the Chargers, and Denver. Those teams stink defensively. Right. They are all, Denver has the worst defense ever recorded through four weeks in DVOA. Okay? And I got to tell you, I've watched the tape at Denver. It matches up with the DVO. I mean, they are a sieve defensively. The Chargers just ate an ungodly amount of money to get rid of a guy they paid $82.5 million for last year. And outside of Asante Samuel, their corners are nothing to write home about either. Uh, They are getting torched left and right. And then you have Minnesota, who we'll get into. But this is, to me, if they can't get it figured out over these next four games, then it's it's a five-arm fire. But... Look, you're gonna have three games, I believe, before the trade deadline. Watch and see what happens. But I gotta tell you, there's no white knight riding in at the trade deadline. I don't know who that's gonna be. Maybe like I like Darnell Mooney. He's probably the best guy out there. You know, more Hollywood Brown. You know, I mean I it's not like they're gonna go out and get Justin Jefferson at the deadline. So they have to figure it out. I think they will, but so far, yeah, they they've been ugly uh in terms of this. You know, this, this receiving group, and Sam asked the Chiefs' speed, who exactly is fast? Well, I mean, to be fair, Sam, MVS is very fast. Justin Watson is is very fast. Uh, Rasheed Rice has good speed. Kadarius Tony can run. I mean, they I got, they got I speed. Know. I mean, the, the Chiefs have speed. Man. I yeah. mean, that, that's not their problem. You yeah. know, with all due respect, I appreciate the opinion. But, like, now you could get into, do they have, you know, big-bodied guys? I mean, MVS is tall, but he's lanky. You know, Rice is more of a box-out type guy. But, like, they, they have speed. The Chiefs should have no problem in man winning some of these one on one matchups, running away from guys. The question is going to be, can they catch the ball? That's the problem.
2: Yeah, and and the couple of times they were on some deep routes, and there's always almost there was always a safety, at least one. They would get a step on their guy, and they would have a chance for some of these big plays, and it didn't work out. But I'm like, for a lot of you asking, well, where are all the big plays? And guys, go watch the tape. I, they, you can't if they're all standing 40 yards off the line of scrimmage, it's going to be hard to get a down play deep downfield. You know, the Chiefs know that they're terrified. Teams are terrified of Patrick Mahomes and what he'll do to them. And yep. so they yep. and it and it you know, they're trying to slow down this offense and the Chiefs. They're running plays and they're running. Cle- they're running guys down there to clear people out. And that's why you're I, I will tell you who else stood out on tape is Noah Gray. He can move. He man. can play. That kid's yeah. a good player. Yeah. Yeah which
3: by the way, I think is maybe one of the solutions here.
2: Yeah. So I agree. if
3: I'm the Chiefs, and, and I'm not just talking about this game, but just in general moving forward, like they have they have played a lot of two tight ends anyway. I'm not saying they're not doing this. I gotta tell you, go to more of it. Like put Gray out there. That that kid can play like a receiver. Put him out there. Yeah. I remember when they drafted him talking to somebody in the building who who literally thought he was the best player in that draft class, like a high up person. Was like, I think this is the best guy of, of our draft class. That's a draft class that inclu- includes Bolton, Humphrey, and, and Smith. Now, I think, as time has shown, I don't think he's going to be Humphrey or, or, or Bolton, maybe, but Noah Gray can play. Like, he would be a starting tight end on 20 teams in the league. So yeah. I'm with you. Like, if you're the Chiefs, look, go to 12, and that does a couple of things. Okay. Number one, you can run out of it because it's too tight end set, right? So it, you do that. You also put teams in a bind defensively because now they got to choose. you got two tight ends out there. Are you going to stick in nickel or are you going to play base? And if you play base, the Chiefs are going to throw against that all day long. And if, play, and if you play nickel, it gives the Chiefs an advantage in the run game. And let's face it, the Chiefs are still going to throw against it because Kelsey is not going to have any problem going against a safety or a backer. Lastly, it takes one of these receiver spots off the field. So now you're playing, like, by the way, the Niners did this forever. They just did it with use check instead of a two tight end. Like, they just put him out there. You're taking a receiver off the field. So now, like, let's say MVS is MVS. Okay, so you're fine there. And if Rice steps up, there you go. There's a solvent to a lot of your problems. I'm not saying you're going to stick in that 80% of the time. But if I'm the Chiefs, I'd go more to tight end sets, even more than they've already done because they work. The Chiefs are really good at that. And it causes a lot of problems. Most teams are not built from a defensive personnel standpoint to play against 12 personnel. They are built to play against 11 personnel. And so if you go out and you're playing Gray and Kelsey with the unique ability of, hey, we could run, we could block with these guys, or we could just trot them out like receivers, that becomes a much harder thing to deal with. That is a very, very difficult uh, schematic problem for a lot of defenses.
2: It is. And the play they scored the touchdown on to Noah Gray they had on the right side of the line, they had, they had Noah Gray with his hand in the dirt. They had Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. And they ran Rasheed Rice straight up the field, into. He, and he basically took out two defenders. And the third guy got caught between Kelsey and Gray. And Gray went deep, and Kelsey went shallow, and they ran the same pattern. And guess who the guy shaded towards? Travis Kelsey. Noah Gray was wide open. It was a great scheme. Rasheed Rice did his job. It wasn't about him getting open. It was about him running interference. Kelsey, they're terrified of, and they're not scared of Noah Gray. And then he caught the ball, and then they saw how fast he was. You would have thought, the safety probably thought he was going to be able to run him down. Couldn't do it. Scored. So I'm with you, man. Uh, I'd love to see more of that. And given the looks that they were getting against the Jets, I think think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Noah Gray. And you saw Mahomes going to him.
3: Mahomes was thrown to him a lot. Mahomes trusts him. I mean, look, it, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. He's like, oh, no, Gray, you know, 13 targets, 8 catches, 112 yards. He's on pace for like 500 receiving yards. Right, yeah. I mean, he's a backup tight end. Now, the, the problem is, is, you know, Kelsey's only played in three games. He's averaging, you know, 52 yards a game, which for him is nothing. But, like, he's also the kind of guy. He's going to rip off, like, four 120-yard games in a row and nobody's going to care. Uh, Watson, to his credit, is actually the one guy I think deserves more – Or more shine than he's getting. He's on pace for like 650 yards. Yeah, like for Justin Watson, that's like the problem has been Sky Moore outside of one play has done nothing. Uh, MVS is sitting there on pace for 400 yards, just six catches. But again, he's a guy that I'm sure will be fine. He has a history of that. Uh, I like that Pacheco is more involved in the passing game, but uh, this is something that they're going to have to figure out. I I would also say though to people who are kind of nervous about all this, their offense kind of went and starts and stops last year in the beginning of the season. I mean, they, they killed the Cardinals, okay, and everybody remembers that game. They did nothing offensively against the Chargers and the Colts, nothing. You go back and look at those games. They beat the Chargers because of a pick six and then lost to a Colts team that was an abomination. And then the Buccaneers game, they ran for a ton of yards, but they, they weren't exactly like high-flying offensive. I don't want to say they weren't good because they scored 38 points, but it wasn't like a game that you watched and went, oh, my God, they looked amazing. I mean, I'm looking at the box score right now. So the box score in that game, Mahomes threw for 249, 6.7 yards per attempt. He was sacked three times. And they ran for a buck 89. That was the big storyline out of that game. But they weren't. I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey was Kelsey. He had nine for 92. Everybody else was kind of just like there, you know? I mean, it wasn't a game that you looked at and went, oh, my God. Th- that offense – Really didn't start to fully take off. Even the next week, yeah, they scored thirty, but they got down seventeen, nothing to the Raiders. And they didn't play well at all against the Bills in that game. They scored twenty points and they lost. It didn't really start to take off the second half of the year. And then they killed the Niners. That was kind of the game where they really went. And then, and then they came out. They had a bye, and then they they beat Tennessee in a game where the offense again was not great. And then it kind of took off. Then they beat Jacksonville, beat the Chargers, beat the Rams, they, they, you know, and so on and so forth. But it. It took a little while. I mean, the Chiefs didn't come out. I, they were great week one. And then they, offensively, really, they weren't great again until they played the Niners like six weeks later. So it, it took a little bit of time, and I think the season worked out okay.
2: Yeah, and that Rams game was ugly. You know, the, the Chiefs kind of had a new look, a little bit of a new look offense last year, yep. and teams adjusted. Don't, don't think they weren't watching tape all offseason trying to figure out, like, what are we going to do with Kansas City? We know we're going to play Kansas City this year their chiefs are dealing with some new guys. They're dealing with some new looks probably that they weren't seeing last year a lot. It's going to be okay. Uh, they're going to figure it out, and I think they, they got the guys in the stable to get it done. All right, let's get into this game here. Um, just before we do, I want to let you guys know, if you want to become part of the Arrowhead Attic family, check out the link in the description. We have a private Discord. We watch the games together. Um, we have special events, uh, happy hours, trivias. We got a fantasy football league. It's a great time. If you want to support the show, support more great content like this, we can bring on great guests like Bertram, uh more expanding the shows, doing more live events like we did last year. Check it out. There's all kinds of ways to support us, and we appreciate you. Okay, Chiefs at Vikings. So, notes on this game: It's uh, the Vikings are one and three. They lost to the Bucks, Eagles, and Chargers. They beat the Panthers last week. They lost uh, by three points to the Bucs, six points to the Eagles, four points to the Chargers, and then they beat the Panthers twenty-one to thirteen. They put up a ton of stats on offense, particularly yep. in the passing game. They turn the ball over a lot. Um, but I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is a team that, so they've won, they've lost some close games this year. They won a bunch of close games last year. Yes. Do you think that this team is better than their record indicates?
3: Yes, I do. Um, I don't think they are, I don't think they're a great team by any stretch, but I think they're probably more like a two and two team than a one and three team. Now, you know, listen, they lost those games and they lost those games because they make mistakes. And that is something that with Kirk Cousins, he has some games that he plays really well. He has other games where you look at him and go, what's going on?
2: Um, <laughs> that's for sure.
3: Th- yeah, th- their offense is really good. Now, the, the problem with the Vikings has been the turnovers, as you point out. And defensively, they're a, they're a really, really shaky defensive team. I mean, they are just th- – th- this is not a group that's going to overwhelm up front. Okay, this is not now they, they will with blitz packages they'll, they'll try to overwhelm me with numbers but they're not just going to win a whole bunch of one on ones. Daniel Hunter's excellent he has five sacks, he's it, um, they, you know so I do think they're better than their one and three record. Which uh, by the way the line opened to five and a half, not three and a half. I think that's part of the reason. Um, I think people are going, oh, the Vikings not getting enough respect here, um, but I also think that in a in a weird way. I think the Chiefs matchup in a very, very, very good uh, way against Minnesota. Like, if Minnesota plays the way it's been playing, I think it plays into Kansas City's hands. But the Vikings are talented. The Vikings are more talented certainly than the Jets without Rodgers or the Bears. Um, you know i I would say they're probably less talented than Jacksonville. Um and the Lions. So this is probably like of the five games, I put this one like smack dab in the middle.
2: Yeah, uh, but I think uh, offensively they're more talented than both of those teams
3: uh, by quite a bit. Um, it depends. How much are we weighing Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> Because <laughs> you, I mean, seriously. like Trevor Lawrence. I, I think Jacksonville's offense is better than Minnesota. That's just me, though. I mean, it's close for me. Uh,
2: Ridley hasn't been playing as well since the first week of the season. T.J. Hawkinson's excellent. He's one of the best tight ends in football. Justin Jefferson's running around out there. They got rookie Jordan Addison, who's who's a nice player. KJ Osborne's fine. So they can they can move the football. Um, as you mentioned, their problem's been been turnovers. Um, so let's start with the with the elephant in the room, and that's Justin Jefferson. The Chiefs have been excellent on defense this year, even played well without Nick Bolton. What do you do with Justin Jefferson in this game if you're the Chiefs?
3: You pray. You go to church and you light a bunch of candles. Because you can't Uh, stop. Yeah, he's, listen, he's going to get a bunch of yards. It's going to happen. I don't care. And and I'm going to save everybody the time. Save me the time. Oh, they'll just put McDuffie on him. Like, no, no, listen, listen. I love Trent McDuffie. Uh Uh-uh. Like, you can double Justin Jefferson. He might still have 100 yards. Okay. This is a team that they're going to get him open. He's going to get himself open. Like, he's going to, he's going to, make his presence not all right i mean i don't see any world with justin jefferson by the way has 543 receiving yards already preposterous Uh, it's ridiculous man like his worst game was last week He had six catches 85 yards and two touchdowns that was his worst game (laughs) he's he was going 150 yards every week yeah 150 159 149 like the guy is just he's if the chiefs hold him to 100 yards should be thrilled to death Be thrilled to death if that's what he ends up with. He's that type of a player. And look, they got other guys too. Okay, Jordan Addison's a nice, good-looking rookie, 185 yards. Hawkinson's a good tight end, 203. And and by the way, KJ Osborne is a decent receiver. So they got guys. I mean, they they are – Yeah, and Osborne's not – I'm not trying to make him like a great receiver, but he's like an MVS type of receiver in terms of production. So I I think you almost, in my opinion – have to accept the fact that Jefferson's going to get a minimum of like a buck 20 and then you just have to go all right like all right now how do we mitigate everything else because if Jefferson let's say he goes for 125 let's just give him a nice round number 125 if the rest of the team matches that who cares they're not winning the game right like I mean unless the Chiefs really crap the bet on offense they're not gonna win that game like the key to me in the game is not letting everybody else go off. It's not letting Addison have 100 yards and Hawkinson have 90 yards and a touchdown. like that. If, 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 if Jefferson has 10 catches for, you know, whatever, like I said, you know, Buck 20, Buck 25, it's not an idea. I mean, obviously you want to hold him down more than that. But if he does that and the rest of these guys combine for a Buck 25 or a Buck there, who cares? I, you know, I mean, and then of course, there's the other approach of hey, okay, you do everything you possibly can to shut him down, let everybody else beat you. But I, I don't like that because he's still going to beat you sometimes. Yeah. So I, I think you just live with it. There are some players in sports. You just look at the guy and you're like, yeah, man, I get some basketball, right? right? LeBron is prime. That dude's putting up 30. Like he's going to have a 30, 10, and six. And you just, you need to hope that like Kyrie Irving doesn't go off or Kevin Love doesn't go off. I, I think if you're the Chiefs, look, you throw different looks, you try to, I, you know, you try to get some pressure, some different things. I mean, that's probably, truthfully, if you want to talk about how, the best way, that's probably the best way, yeah. is getting it so where Cousins doesn't have time to throw the ball, because that offensive line is not good. That is one thing the Chiefs might have. And I talked about, I like the way it matches up for them. The, the, the tackles are good. The interior is a freeway, okay? This could be a game where Jones legitimately has, like, three or four sacks in this game. So – I would not be surprised if the Chiefs just say, we're going to get a ton of pressure up the middle and force Cousins to get rid of the ball quick.
2: Yeah, I believe uh, – I want to say he's been sacked 10 times, which is not not great through four games. It's
3: not, but their pressure rate's brutal. Man. He's yeah. been under duress all the time this year.
2: Yeah, he uh, – and that's the thing with him, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins – I'm sure we all watched the quarterback documentary, and if you did – I don't know how you didn't come away from that liking Kirk Cousins if you didn't care about him or know about him before. Seems like a super good dude, tough competitor, plays hard, cares a lot. Um, maybe cares too much because he just has these moments where he melts down. Uh, and I think that that's what you need to take advantage of with your. if you're the Chiefs is you got to try to get pressure on him, do the best you can against Jefferson, but get after him often and early and get him into a – because he he's streaky, right? Like he can get going. He can start getting that ball to Jefferson, and he can start going. Um, so you got to kind of knock him off his rhythm, and I think that's what you want to do if you're the Chiefs. Maybe send some strategic blitzes. I don't think you want to go crazy because, again, I, I really like the rookie Jordan Addison – Yep. Hawkinson will uh, cause you problems over the middle. He's got big play potential. And then of course you got to deal with Jefferson. So you don't want to get crazy in this game and the Chiefs have been pretty good in coverage. So if they can, if they can do an, you know, rush four and get a little bit of pressure and then do an occasional smart blitz use, use Willie Gay jr. They've been blitzing the corners a little bit, you know, get McDuffie going blitz need, just, just keep cousins on his toes, but you got to get to him quick because Jefferson is just an absolute terror.
3: No question. And I looked up the pressure numbers. So Minnesota, according to Pro Football Reference, fifth worst in the NFL in terms of pressure rate uh, allowed at 27.8. By the way, the Chiefs are seventh worst. So that's not exactly great. Got to fix that. Um, but here's what's interesting. All right. Like so the team of in front uh, or, or, or I guess, as you would ha- would say, behind Minnesota in terms of worst uh, pressure rate, the Giants, which <laughs> saw Monday night, you believe that. Daniel Jones has scrambled 19 times, which is a ton. In fact, it is second most in the league behind only Lamar Jackson, which is not shocking. Uh, Mahomes has scrambled third most. Kirk Cousins has scrambled, uh, keep in mind, Daniel Jones 19 times. Mahomes has scrambled 16 times. Kirk Cousins has scrambled twice. So if you get pressure, you get pressure. Like he's not going anywhere. He's not running out of the pocket. He's not taking off for any kind of rushing yardage. Like he's not going to extend the play he's getting sacked or he's throwing the ball like that. That's what's happening. Right. I mean, and and to drive that point home, uh, cousins has run five times this year for 17 yards. So it's not going anywhere. And I think if you're Kansas city, that's why maybe you're not as afraid to just blitz right up the gut in this game and worry about him getting out of the pocket. He's not going to do that. So I would expect the chiefs to do everything they can. I I can see this being one of these games, where Dana lines up inside and Karloftis lines up inside. And God knows, of course, Jones will line up inside. I could see this being a game where the Chiefs are basically playing like rock, paper, scissors to see who gets over the guards in the center next. Yeah. Um, because if they get immediate pressure up the gut, plays over. Plays over immediately. Cousins is not going to extend the play. And as Lucas points out, yes, uh, Cousins' fumbling has not, not been uh, good for him either. He has fumbled the ball. Let's see. He's he's fumbled at least twice, and when he's been running with it. So I don't know if that encompasses everything. But in any event, yeah. Listen, this is uh, this is a team that if you're Kansas City, there are some ways to go after them. There are some ways to attack them. Um, but you also have to be smart. You have to be smart because those receivers can hurt you. The tight end can hurt you, uh, and that has to be factored in.
2: Now, when we talk about the Chiefs on offense in this game, I I looked at these back-to-back games that the the Vikings had before last week. (laughs) Three weeks ago, the Eagles rushed for 259 yards on this defense. All over them. All over them. Swift went crazy. And then the next week, the Chargers came to town, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams combined for 336 yards receiving. And Mike Williams got hurt in, like, the second quarter. Right. Yeah, Keenan Allen had over, like, 200 yards. It was insane. So if you're the Chiefs, what do you do in this one? Do you load up Pacheco, who's just coming off maybe his best game as a Chief? Or do you attack him through the
3: air and try you to get your me well, You know me well enough to know what I'm going to say. I just mix it up and go after him all. I, I, to me, keep him off balance, run the ball, pass the ball. But I, I will say, and you, you know this is coming. Anybody who's listening to me for years. If they get away from the run, it's going to drive me insane. Isaiah Pacheco is not just a good player. He's a Pro Bowl caliber running back. Isaiah Pacheco is really good. And this line can run block. Like I, th- they can do it. The Chiefs need to run the ball in this game. But first of all, not just because they'll go balance and all that stuff. Pacheco's one of your best players. You're taking pressure off of this receiving core that to this point has been an issue. And. On top of that, it also is a is a game breaker against the blitz. If they blitz, and and Pacheco hits the hole, good night. He's gone. There's nobody else. So if I'm if I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking at this going, okay, we'll run the ball some here. I normally with them, I don't always love these. Outside runs, especially with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, drives me nuts. But this might be a game to try a little bit of that because if they bring a bunch of interior blitzes and you get outside of that, the Chiefs receivers are good blockers. That could be something where they could really spring some. So, listen, I think you throw the ball certainly more than you run, no question, but I would run the ball significantly in this game. I do not think Minnesota's defense – is, uh, is going to just stuff them time and again. You might have some run blitzes where they get a couple successful plays and all that, but this is a team in Minnesota that really, look, outside of Daniil Hunter, who's a great player, nobody on this team has more than two tackles for loss. And uh, by the way, if you look at their numbers, of the five top tackle for loss guys on the, on the Vikings, three of them are safeties. Like, <laughs> this is a team, like, their linebackers are not good. Yeah. OK, I, this is a group that, look, if you can handle Hunter at all, this shouldn't be much of a problem in terms of handling them. I mean, they, they should be able to do a lot of what they want to do in this game, running and passing.
2: Yeah, and I think if they're going to blitz a lot, Travis Kelsey should just eat them alive. Just absolutely, you know, take their lunch in this game. Yeah. But I agree with you on Pacheco, man. I'll tell you what, he he's getting better too. That's that's the good thing. He was a really solid as a rookie. His vision is getting a little bit better. People forget he played at Rutgers, which I you know they're not a football school. <laughs> you know, I mean they were they could not block for him when he was in college. They were horrible. So one of the knocks on him coming into the draft was that he was kind of an impatient runner, didn't allow his blocks to set. Well, it's because he didn't have any. So he was just trying to get his. And of course, you see his running style as well. The guys just you know, he's the energizer bunny he wants to run through a wall, but now he's starting to see the field better because he's got a year under his belt. And that's exactly what you've seen on some of his big runs. And then you see, once he gets out there, he's got the speed to take it to the house, uh, which by the way, it was uh, on that big run that he had. Um, I think it was Trey Smith who just knocked, knocked another zip code, but also I think it was, I believe it was MVS. Who turned? Who turned his guy? I think he he was at, on Sauce Gardner and turned him away from the play on the outside to make room for uh, just for all the people trashing MVS. He, he doesn't just run streaks and catch footballs. Anyway, um, okay, so you know uh, we talked about turnovers with the Vikings and they're minus eight in the turnover ratio coming into this game. The Chiefs are minus three, so yeah. not good for either of them, but really bad for the Vikings. Can the Chiefs take the ball away
3: in this one? I mean, everybody else is. So, uh, yeah, I would say yes. But you know, I think it's really one of these games where I'm more focused on the Chiefs not turning the ball over than taking the ball away. I mean, yes, the answer yeah. is yes. They certainly can. And I think a lot of that is set up by can you get pressure on Cousins immediately? Because if you can, you can force some mistakes. Um, and if you're the Chiefs, you're talking all week about ripping the ball out and punching at the ball and all those things. But to me, if you're Kansas City, you went this game going, hey, look, it, it, we don't have to necessarily win the turnover battle. Can't lose the turnover battle. Can't lose the turnover battle. That is the bigger issue. That is the bigger problem, right? Now, they've gotten away with it at times, okay? They lost the turnover battle at Jacksonville. They had three turnovers. you only had one takeaway, and they won the game. Um and then last week, they, they were minus one again. And they won the game. Um, I can't even think with the Bears. The Bears, well, the Bears, I think, were even, but the two turnovers the Chiefs had, they were up like 41 points. So, I mean, yeah, take that for what it is. I mean, that, that also kind of skews things a little bit, right? Like, two, they had two ridiculous turnovers from Gabbert. Right. They, to be fair, weren't even on Gabbert, but like, yeah. you know, I, I agree. This is a game you'd love to see a takeaway or two. At the same point, I just think for the Chiefs, the biggest thing is not giving the ball away. If you're even, you're fine. You just don't want to be negative. Yeah,
2: yeah. And my my advice to the fans out there who are maybe excited about this defense, they're gonna give up some plays in this game. Don't have a meltdown in the if you're a member in the Arrowhead Ag Discord and get you know get banished to the Shadowlands in there, or uh, or on Twitter when they get a couple big chunk plays. That's what this offense does. It's gonna happen. It's about when they get into the red zone, can the Chiefs stiffen up, force Kirk Cousins to make some mistakes, make them kick field goals? The Vikings want to get in a shootout because it's pretty much the only way that they can win. The Chiefs need to just stand tall, accept that they're going to give up some big plays, um, but nothing over the top. No easy ones, no turnovers. I agree with you. All right, so what are your uh, – on the defensive side of the ball, in place of keys to the game this year, I want to know – Who's your defensive player and offensive player who need to step up for the Chiefs to win this one?
3: When you say need to step up, are we talking about guys who like need to play better or guys who just need to be a force in the game?
2: Yeah, who's going to be the force in this one? Who do the Chiefs
3: need if there's one guy that... that Chris Jones. Well, yeah. Chris Jones in this game. Yeah. I, I honestly, God, think he can destroy the entire game if he plays well. I, I don't know if anybody's watched a lot of Minnesota this year. Guys, I'm not kidding. It is a freeway. The guard's in. It, it, it's the Autobahn. Watching that team try to block. It's brutal. Like, I don't even care if they double Jones, he can have three or four sacks in this game. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm like, there are going to be plays. I would move Karloftis and Jones in together. I'd put them both in there at the tackle. I mean, I, I would do everything I could to get, I'd blitz the A gap. Like, I mean, everything. So, Chris Jones is the guy there for me. Offensively, I know it's just kind of a, Stupid answer, I guess, but Mahomes. I mean, he didn't play well last week. Um, and I think this is the kind of a game he could have a huge game. Yeah, I think he would have a huge game. Um, to me, this is a team you're going to see a ton of blitzing. You're going to see a ton of man coverage. You're, I mean, I, I just think this is an opportunity. And by the way, I keep referencing, and I, you know, they, they blitz a lot. They blitz a lot. I, I always try to give numbers with that. Minnesota this year, a normal team, normal year team that blitzes the most in the NFL, it's usually around 40 to 45%, somewhere in that range. Minnesota's leading the league in blitz percentage this year at 57%. Okay. That's impossible. Like nobody blitzes more than 50% of the time. And that and by the way, that's down from a week before when they before they played Carolina, it was at 63%. Like yeah. they blitz and, blitz and blitz and blitz and blitz and they play man behind it and this is a game this is a game where Andy should show off his ability calling plays, scheming things up, and Mahomes should just be able to use his intellect to, to know what's coming and then just slice him. I mean, there is no reason in this game not to be able to do that. Minnesota's defense in the past has been all against fast, has been off. They are sixth worst, uh, sixth worst in, in yards after catch allowed. They have been awful in that regard. Uh air yards are they're right in the middle, so they're a little bit better with that. But that bodes well for the way the Chiefs want to play. It's just Because, by the way, the Chiefs are top three in the league in yards after catch for their receivers. This is a game where identify where the pressure's coming from, get the ball out to a guy in space, and let him run. Because they could run for a long time. A long time. I think this bodes well for the Chiefs. I think Mahomes has to play well and identify and do what he does and he'll be fine. And then Jones could wreck the game.
2: Yeah, I would watch out for. I wouldn't be surprised if Pacheco gets a few through the air in this one. Look, look for them to get Jarek McKinnon involved in this game if they're playing a lot of man coverage. Get some of these out of the backfield, stretch yep. things out. There's going to be some space run to run
3: screens. My yeah. God, it'd be wide open. There's nobody yeah. to cover. It.
2: it could be a big Tony game if they can get him going. They they've got a lot of screens uh, against the Jets. They would move Tony in motion, bring him into the backfield, run him back out. Uh, so. You know, they're setting some things up with him to try to get him the ball, and they want to try to get him the ball while he's got a full head of steam going. And so, this is the kind of game where if they've got him in man coverage and they do run on the he runs around the quarterback, runs in the backfield, he could do some serious damage. Um, so, it should be exciting. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Good, sorry. I'm, I, I got distracted by oh, it.
3: I think you guys had a super chat. Yeah, we got
2: a super chat here. Do, do you know what this? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this one came from uh, uh, Siam. I don't know what this means, Viram. It says, uh, what's, what's, the a comp-
3: com- "What's the compensation to give for Jefferson?" Oh,
2: what's you'd a- give for Jefferson? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, now?
3: yeah. He's asking what what it would cost in a trade. More than the Chiefs are willing to give up. Yeah, um, bro, I'm not even exaggerating. You're probably talking three first round picks. Like, and if not three first, it, you're talking two first. A second, a third, like something ridiculous. But I would say three first round picks.
2: Yeah, at least, and then
3: you're also paying him thirty five million a year. So
2: he's unbelievable,
3: and he's worth it. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but like that's that's what you. I mean, you're talking three first. Yeah, minimum. I I think that's probably that's where I would start. was Minnesota. That's what I would start with. Yeah. Um. So that's not going to happen. But you know, and we, I think we talked about this. I, I, I'm not not trying to be that guy, but I've done enough spots in last week. I can't remember. I think we talked about here. Like if I'm the chiefs, I'm looking at Darnell Mooney and I'm saying that guy had a thousand yards a couple of years ago. He's on his rookie deal. He's never had a quarterback. Matt Nagy knows him because he had a thousand yards for Matt Nagy in Chicago. Um, Mooney's small. He's not a big guy, but he's fast. Like, I think Darnell Mooney would be awesome with the chiefs. I'm not saying he'd be like the answers to their wide receiver one stuff. Yeah. But I think he'd be a really nice number two. Um, I would prefer him over Hollywood Brown. I would prefer him over way over Chase Claypool. Um, But I'll give you another guy, KJ Osborne, in this game. Like KJ Osborne's a a good player. Uh, He's not great, but he's good. I like KJ Osborne. Uh, I see Jeremy saying, call about Michael Pittman. Yeah, listen, Michael Pittman would be great. He would be a a wide receiver one. Okay. the, The problem is. Indy is two and two and they have a rookie quarterback and are they gonna give away his real only weapon on the outside, right? So it's it's tough. It's tough. But uh, you know, right now, listen, they, you know, the, the Chiefs uh they got to figure out their own issues and then and then you go from there.
2: Yeah, Mooney's Mooney's interesting. Um if the if the if the Bears lose tonight, you know, there's a oh, they're rumor. Lose in, tonight. They yeah, stink. Yeah. There there's a rumor going around that Eberflus Loose could get fired. And at that point, if you're the Bears and you're 0 and five, I mean they may seriously start looking at moving Justin Fields because they've got Carolina's first-round pick. Right. They're, they haven't won a game yet, have they? Is Carolina? No, they're the only they're two good. teams that haven't won a game. Yeah, so, so the, the Bears are sitting there and be like, holy crap. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb Williams coming out. We could have the first and second pick in this draft, and we could take Caleb Williams and uh, Asante uh, uh, Marvin Harrison
3: Jr. from Ohio State, and we're good to go. We're rocking and rolling. If you were them, that would be the ideal scenario. Yeah. Um, do you think – yeah, I'll, I'll spin on you. Do you think if they lose tonight, which I believe they will lose, and, and I just got word from, from SI that I don't have to write about this game tonight, so, so I, I'm very thankful and, and might watch it with a, a glass or an entire handle of bourbon in my hand. Yeah. Um, if they lose tonight, do you think they're going to fire Iberflux and or should they? I do. Uh, they haven't
2: won a game since before Elon Musk bought Twitter. It's just, I call Twitter. You can't, you know, they went out and, and you you can, the clay pool trade was a disaster, but they, they still got some weapons. They improved this team a little bit. The defense is, is still atrocious. So it is one of those situations where the deck was stacked against them a little bit, but there's enough weapons here to win the game. And if you're the head coach, ultimately your job is to make sure Justin Fields is successful. That's your job. You have failed at that. And that's unforgivable. And going on five, it's now just a time to get a whole clean slate. If you're Chicago, you've got your, you're in line for, and, and just tank trade, trade Justin Fields. Do, do you think the Jets, I mean, the Jets don't have anything to give, but like there are teams out there would that would take a flyer on him just for the talent alone. And then you set the table. You say, we're moving on. Like he needs a fresh start. We need a fresh start. God knows Justin Fields wants to get the hell out of there. I'm an Ohio State guy. I'm rooting for Justin Fields. But I, at last offseason, thought that they should have, not to go too on a tangent, I thought they should have traded him and taken C.J. Stroud because I knew C.J. Stroud was going to be good. And I knew he was going to be better sooner than Justin Fields. And just because Justin Fields ran around like a maniac because he's an incredible athlete last year, everybody's like, oh, you can't trade him. He's going to be. He was, yeah, but he's still completing 50% of his passes. He can't throw the ball. He's not been able to do it in the NFL. And now they're uh, reaping what they sow. But they might They might fall ass backwards into Caleb Williams. So, you know, maybe it they might.
3: Out. I. So, like, I actually fall on this, though. Like, I, I don't know that firing him, what does it do? Like, you know, because you got to think, too. Okay, Luke Getze, is the offensive coordinator. There's no head coaching experience. You're going to. You're going to promote Luke Etsy and let him coach the team? Because I got to tell you, their offense is not giving me a whole lot of confidence He's coach the team. They don't have a defensive coordinator after the ugliness that went on there uh, during the Chiefs week. He's not there anymore. Who the hell's coaching that team? Like, I and you got to factor in this is a franchise, okay, that let Dave wants that coach forever, and then had Dick Geron and let him hang around for a while. And then Lovey Smith was like, okay, let's say whatever you want about Lovey Smith. Like they actually won a bunch, and they went to a Super Bowl with him. It's like, fair enough, I'm not getting on Lovey. Then well, he Mark looks like Trestman. Vince
2: Lombardi compared to the guys he had
3: after him. Yes. No question. Then Mark Tressman rolled in one yeah. of the worst head coaches I've ever seen. John Fox showed up abject disaster, right? Maggie then four years. And now here we are. I, they show, this is an old franchise run by the McCaskey family, which is the daughter of George Howell essentially. And she is, I believe over hundred at this point. Like they're not ones to really have a knee jerk reaction. They don't, typically bow to public pressure i'm not saying i'd be shocked if he's fired i'd probably just let this train wreck play out i know (laughs) the fans don't want to hear that but i'd be like you know what we're gonna suck we're let's really just lean into it trade any like i'd trade in gawkway i would trade mooney claypool they're just gonna have to cut nobody's trading for chase claypool but like the hell with it i'd get rid of all these guys and if they stink they stink and i'd move on now the problem for them is going to be like you're going to have to just deal with this year. I, mean, I don't see any way around that. Obviously, they're, they're not going to fix this thing. But, like, you know, B.J. Moore is probably the one guy that it's like, yeah, he's pretty safe. Um, but I, man, even, like, I'm just looking up his numbers real quick. If they traded him, there's no dead money. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen. But I've heard worse ideas. Some team offered them something, but that that team isn't a bad, bad, bad way. They're awful. Yeah,
2: I would keep him just because if I'm if I'm tearing it down and I'm going to get a rookie quarterback, I want somebody out there who can catch the ball. I agree. I, yeah. I
3: agree. Which is why yeah. I don't think I'll get
2: it. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to the Chiefs here. Um, uh, we're we're going to give you our final score for predictions for Chiefs Vikings in just a minute. Before we do quick segment of our AFC contender or pretender series. And this week I wanted to ask you the Baltimore Ravens pretender or contender.
3: I think they are, uh, pretenders. I think they're contenders in the sense that right now, I think you got to believe they're the best team in that division. um, I don't believe that they in a playoff game are beating Kansas City or beating Buffalo. I don't even know that I think they're beating Miami. Like I Jacksonville, where's the game? You know, if it's in Baltimore, I'd probably take Baltimore. If it's in Jacksonville, I probably take Jacksonville. Um I, I just I have a problem with Baltimore in the sense that we I feel like we do this every year with the Ravens. Like, who's catching the ball? I, now, Zay Flowers has been a good player for that. Okay, he, he's a good looking rookie. Yeah. Beckham's already been hurt a bunch. You know, I, Bateman, again, already hurt a bunch. Andrew's missed some time early in the year. You know, you look at them and go, okay, like, who's it going to be? Beckham is 66 yards in two games. Bateman has 59 yards in three games. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, can they throw the ball enough? Can they do that? The running game is basically Lamar and then some Gus Edwards. I just look at them and go – I think defensively, they're eh. Like, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah,
2: I'm with you, Pretender. Uh, They're a divisional round exit, in my opinion. Solid team, but some of the question marks that have dogged them for years, I think will dog them again this year. But who knows? Maybe they'll turn it around. All right, Chiefs-Vikings, final score predictions. I see some of you in the chat have already started to sound off. Brian says Chiefs 38, Vikings 21. Allen F 17 to 6 KC. Well, if the Chiefs sold the Vikings to six points.
3: But also if the Chiefs only score 17, that, that yeah. is going to be an interesting yeah. role, match of the game. Yeah. Um Chiefs 41
2: to 17. Kelsey, three touchdowns. Pacheco two touchdowns. And Tony one and Mahomes one. Wait, so how the hell are they score
3: 41 points?
2: Yeah, that's uh that's a lot of touchdowns. Jeremy says 37-23. KC, DC, 34-23 Chiefs. Warped Chiefs 38, Vikings 31. Close one there. And uh, Ronald says 31-20 to 20 Chiefs. Rhino, 34-17 Chiefs. Uh, you guys are bringing them fast and furious. All right, Vertorim, what's your what's your prediction on this one?
3: I think this game, the matchup favors the Chiefs in this game. Um, not just because they're better, just the way the teams play. I. I think somebody else at uh, KCDC had it in there, and it was a thought I had. So I, we're going to match here. I'm going to say 34 to 23 Kansas City. I, a lot of times, I like, get nervous with the Chiefs, like against the spread, and you know, oh God, are they going to? Co- I think they're actually going to cover the spread and then some in this game. I I wouldn't be shocked if it's closer than that, but I, I just think unless the Chiefs beat themselves, which they have shown they're capable of this oh, year, yeah, oh yeah. I just think Minnesota is not stopping them in this game. I, I don't. I, Minnesota's defense is is not good. Uh, Action Jackson, hey man, Hey, your bills. Hey, hey. Who are you? Three and one, good for you, dude. Um, I uh, I just think this is a game where Minnesota is going to have to get a couple of key stops, and I don't think they can get them. Like say what you want about the Jets, they can get stops. Detroit's defense can get some stops. Um, Minnesota, I, I just feel like this is going to be one of these games where it's like third and four a bunch, and the Chiefs just convert them constantly over and over and over and over. And I think there's going to be a handful. I think that's going to be a difference in the game. I think there's going to be some third and sixes for Cousins that Spagnuolo just puts him in hell. And they, they blitz him, and they sack him, and they force a throwaway or an inaccurate pass. I, give me Chiefs
2: 34-23. I like it. Um for me, this one I think I'm worried about it. I'm nervous. In fact, I almost picked the Vikings. I just had a weird feeling about it. I think it's just the explosiveness that they can have on on offense. And I really respect Vikings fans and the atmosphere. I really want to go see a game in Minnesota. Every time they're on TV, like I just think it's an odd they get the horn and it seems like it's a it's a great place to watch. Holmes football has never game. played there. Yeah, he hasn't. That's right. I think if he wins this game, he'll have beaten 30 of the 32 teams which is just bananas, 30 or 31. Because he's
3: never uh, – the game that they beat them in 2019, he didn't play. That he was play. the, the – Matt Moore. Matt Moore game, right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think this is a tough environment the Chiefs are going into. They, they finally got up to Schneid last week, so the, the fans will be a little bit energized. Chiefs want to jump on them early. Things start going wrong, then they'll just remember that they're not good again, hopefully. But – I got it a close one. Uh, Chiefs twenty-eight, Vikings twenty-four, and my bold prediction for this one is that Travis Kelsey will have more receiving yards than Justin Jefferson. I wow. think Kelsey goes off in this one. All right. Yeah, um, I should say
3: wow. Like that's not crazy. I mean, this yeah. for of fame.
2: Okay, fair enough. Let's see if it. Let's see if it plays out. Uh, you'll be with us, I think, for briefly after the game. Okay. Before we go, Patty's power rankings, everyone's favorite segment uh, this week. I thought we'd bring it back to football veritaram. Give me your three. You don't have to put them in an order if you don't want to, but give me your three favorite current chiefs, but they have to be, over the mic here. they have to be non Mahomes. Kelsey can't use those two because that's just boring. Okay.
3: Um, let's try to make sure I am just going. I'm going to try to rank them. So I'm trying to do this quick in my head. Uh, Right, well, non non Mahomes Kelsey Chiefs. I I would say number number three is probably Bolton, and I, I I'll admit too I, I interviewed him uh, during training camp. He couldn't have been any nicer. It was a great interview. We had a, we had a good time chatting. Uh, but I love the way he plays. It's downhill, he's downhill. He's a big hitter, and hell, they don't win that Super Bowl without him. So um, I would I would put him at three. Um, this is a weird one. I just love the way the dude plays. Number two is uh is Pacheco. I, yeah. I just love watching him. Like, I guess since it's just a weird one, like there's plenty of guys. Um but I, I don't know that he'd be in the top three for some people based on how talented the team is, but man, Pacheco is just I love watching his style. And the number one is Chris Jones. I mean, yeah. I, I don't give a rat's you know what about all this stuff during the summer, and I I care less. That guy is an awesome player. He's been everything you could ever have asked for as a chief, as a leader, all that stuff. And also like honorable mention to uh to Trey Smith, who man just paves the road. Yeah. Like Humphrey's the best of their alignment and pra- Tooney's number two. But like, man, when when Trey Smith really gets the goods on somebody, it's one of the best things that happens all game long. You know, that block he had on the Pacheco run, that guy's still getting up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I love when Trey Smith just pulls yeah. out and destroys somebody, man. It's um it's fun to watch but yeah give me give me those three give me uh give me Bolton give me Pacheco and give me Icarus show
2: love it love it uh for me uh on the defense side of the ball I gotta go to Sneed. much in the way that you really like Pacheco I love the way Sneed plays yeah um hard nose versatile player just uh kind of a blue collar guy gets the job done uh without a ton of flash but he can do it all so he's really fun to watch uh and I'm gonna go to the offensive line Joe Tooney Tough as nails, great player, can play inside, can play tackle if he needs to, can play with a club on his hand all uh, all season long, uh, really big fan of his. And then I got to go, I got to go Creed Humphrey, man. I hope he's a chief for life. Uh, great player, great hair, just everything you want. He's everything you want in an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? Like when you when you like think of an offensive lineman in a lab and what you want him to look like and how you want him to behave and all that stuff, it's Creed Humphrey, man. Uh love that dude.
3: Creed Humphrey, it's also hilarious that he was uh on SNL. I know they cut out the you know whatever, but it's you know it's on YouTube, so he might as well have been on SNL. It's, it's hysterical. Um by the way, as we uh, as we wrap this, I'm just I'm looking. I always I always am on Twitter during these just to make sure we're not missing anything that it came out. Um dick butkus passed away at 80 years old oh this yeah and uh you know i gotta say um had the pleasure of talking with dick once uh it was actually on sack in the box it was on our podcast and and he came on and he was gracious and he was a ton of fun um i know there's a lot of people unfortunately who are probably like who is dick butkus uh if you don't know go to youtube type type in Dick Butkus and go watch some of his highlights. He would be fine for about every hit he ever had nowadays. Uh, not even so much because they were dirty, just as violent as they were. Like, Butkus was, you could make a really good argument, the greatest inside linebacker in NFL history. I, I would make the argument, frankly. Um, Dick, Dick Butkus, if he would have stayed healthier, and you know, his knees betrayed him as his career went on, he just was beat up. He was an unbelievable... Talent, like not like a great player, not a really good player, like an all-time, arguably top ten in NFL history. I mean, regardless of position, right? That level of play only played nine seasons, was an eight-time Pro Bowler. How great was he? He made the All-Decade team in the '60s and the '70s, despite the fact that he played from '65 through '73. So he was half the '60s and most of the '70s, and was still named to the All-Decade teams in both. Um, was just an unbelievable talent, five time first team all pro um somebody who deserves recognition you know as, as one of the greatest players to ever live so um unfortunately gone at the age of 80 but just wants dick Buckus was um, pleasure to speak with and also one of the greatest football players to ever live
2: yeah may he rest in peace and our best to uh, all of his loved ones uh, during a tough time, we know. Um, yeah. And, uh, before we get out of here, everybody just want to thank you for your support. Uh, you know, you got to subscribe to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. If you want to make sure that you're alerted the second that we go live, sometimes we do for an emergency podcast, all those things, make sure you're liking and subscribing on the YouTube channel on iTunes, uh, and check out, we've got a premiere narrated by yours truly, the history of Travis Kelsey video that's dropping at uh five 30 central. So in about 15 minutes, so you can just hang out, rewatch some of this if you want to, and then uh, check out that premiere coming up on the arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. Uh, great work by our, our, our producers here. Um, Sean Daly in particular, and I worked really hard on it. So hats off to him um, and hope you all enjoy it. All right. Virgum, thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you again on Sunday. Godspeed tonight. Uh, if, <laughs> at least you don't have to write about it um, and, uh, and, and hats off to uh, producer Richard for taking care of us and keeping this thing rolling especially during the early technical difficulties alright everybody we will be back on Sunday uh, for our Chiefs pregame show, halftime show and postgame show uh, and we'll see you then but until then as always, go Chiefs